It's January 11th, 2023, and welcome to Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll be talking to Brian Moon. He's the uh, brand new Chief Executive Officer of the Pacific Telecommunications Council. And uh, we'll be talking about the latest PTC conference that's coming up in a couple of days next week. So we'll get into that. And then we'll be joined by Ron Bronstein. He's the founder and co-owner of something called Chambers Escape Games. And we'll get into what exactly that is. And we'll talk about uh, game development and how this industry can find a home in Hawaii. Now I want to welcome Brian Moon. As, as Again, he's the CEO of Pacific Telecommunications Council. And uh, they're coming up with a conference coming up. This is the annual conference that PTC does uh, every January. And I'll let uh, Brian tell us how long it's been going on. But uh, Brian, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert, and mahalo. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be here. Uh, I want to first start off by saying, although I've been new, I know you have been a terrific supporter of PTC and the annual conference. I want to first start off by thanking you uh, for your support over the many, many years. Well, well, thank you. And it's always, you know, it's always interesting to follow this technology. Uh, and like I said, PTC has been a a start, you know, sort of torchbearer for this technology right here in our backyard. So, you know, for all the uh, companies out of the Asia Pacific region that's doing something in in telecom, uh, and of course we've seen the whole evolution of this area, uh, and it's so critical for for Hawaii, especially you know in in the 21st century. Uh, I think you guys uh, do a, a great service. So. Brian, I want to I want to congratulate you on your new new post. Hey, Brian, tell us a little bit about your your background and how uh, you got to be a CEO of PTC. Absolutely, it's been um, let's see. I started at the beginning of October, uh, so it's been a little over a hundred days mm-hmm. uh, that I've been with the Pacific Telecommunications Council and here on the island, uh, and it's been such a rewarding and um, educational experience so far. First, exactly like you said, when I first started speaking with PTC about the position and the opportunity, what was amazing is that PTC is based right here in Hawaii and is doing so many amazing things right here. Uh, And it's not on the mainland. It's not anywhere else. It's right here, which is really, really exciting. Mm -hmm. And in turn, real quick summary about uh, my background is I spent uh, more than 15 years at the Consumer Technology Association, which is primarily known for producing another technology event called CES, uh, which is based in Las Vegas. Right. Um, and so technology is, is my background. Uh, so I've been in the technology industry for many, many years. What's really been exciting about PTC is that lots of the technology and innovations that you see at other events and conferences such as CES are really geared towards the consumer uh, and the end user, where as PTC and our 300-plus member companies are all about the digital infrastructure and building out all of these technologies, which is really, really exciting. I mean, without PTC and the member companies, um, lots of these technologies wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to exist. Um, so, again, lots of exciting things happening, and I'm really excited about the conference coming up. My first PTC uh, coming up in a few days. Yeah, no, I'm uh, excited to see, you know, how... PTC kind of rolls into 2023. Now, as you as you take on the helm of uh, PTC, the council, and 
course, the signature conference is coming up in January or January 15th. Uh, what are some of your top priorities? And I know there's a lot more events that take place, you know, out throughout the course of the year, uh, not all in Hawaii. But what do you see as some, some of your top priorities to establish your your vision for PTC? Well, I think it's always going to be that we 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 never um, we never go away from the foundation of what PTC is and the mission of PTC, and which is always going to be advancing the development and use of information and communication technologies, right, ICT. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an industry um, and as a council, we are always looking to improve the quality of life in the Pacific Rim. So that will always remain the foundation and core of what PTC does. However, in doing so, um, as I mentioned a, a minute ago, there are so many different opportunities to build on that. And as we look towards the future, um, there are really three areas that I would say to start off uh, since I've uh, been here uh, since October that we can start building on. And the first thing is global. Although we are PTC and Pacific is in our name, um, our member companies are actually from all around the world, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And even the, even the annual conference coming up, we have 75 countries. We have representation from 75 countries coming here to Hawaii in a few days. And so we are actually a global organization, although Pacific is in our name. So the first thing is I think there's an opportunity for continued growth. Uh, globally for PTC and obviously the industry. The second is content, and you touched on this, Bert, is other than um, the annual conference, we have lots of education and content opportunities. Um, We actually have a program and initiative called PTC Academy, uh, which brings executive level training to up and coming uh, professionals in the industry to further advance their careers uh, in technology. And so that's PTC Academy. And the other uh, really new initiative that we're excited about uh, that we're going to be focusing heavily on and promoting at the annual conference in a couple of days is called PTC Beyond, where we're bringing together the next generation of young professionals. Um, we have a really nice tailored program, which is going to consist of panel sessions, networking events. Uh, and we actually encourage our member companies to invite a young professional from their company to come to PTC for free. Uh, so that all rolls up into the second thing is content. And then the third is continuing to grow the annual conference. We are actually on track to have a record-breaking event uh, and the biggest annual conference this year. Uh, prior to this year, PTC 2020 was the biggest conference. And right now, all of our numbers from attendance to registrations to sponsorships to partners is, is all, are all outpacing our 2020 numbers. So we're really, really excited about the growth and the further expansion of the annual conference. Well, you know, th- those three things immediately is what we can build on. That's that's exciting, and of course, you know, twenty twenty. It was January twenty twenty. Obviously, this was pre pandemic, so I think uh, <clears throat> you know, you were tracking real well. And then, of course, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Everybody mm-hmm. pretty much shut down, and twenty twenty three. Now it's like, hey, let's let's all get out there, and and I think you're you're going to see yeah, a lot exactly. of pent up pent up uh, interest in in getting back out to to PTC. So I'm excited for you. Uh, now, uh, Brian, you know, we're kind of at the end of our segment, but I do want to have you back and we can maybe uh, uh, get a recap of uh, what took place at, uh, at PTC, maybe on a longer segment. But uh, why don't you share a little bit about where can people go to find out more about PTC and the upcoming conference? Absolutely. Thanks, Bert. And thanks again for having me. Uh, you can go to our website at www.ptc.org. And then if you want to go directly to the annual conference, after that, it's slash PTC23. 
Uh, that would be the best way to learn more about the conference. We are also on all of the social uh, media channels, uh, so please look us up there. Uh, and my contact information is on there as well in my social channels, so please feel free to follow for daily updates behind the scenes and additional news. Uh, but www.ptc.org is the home website to start with. Well, very good. I'll p- definitely put that up on our show notes, and I will head out there uh, probably on Sunday. I'll be looking for you, Brian. So mahalo, Brian, for joining me. Mahalo, Bert. Thank you. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ron Bronstein, and we'll talk about game development in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, and I'm happy to welcome Ron Bronstein, founder and co-owner of Chamber Escape Games. Hey, Ron, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks so much, Bert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. So, you know, I uh, am. I have to admit, I'm not. I'm not familiar with uh, escape room games. But uh, why don't you kind of share a little bit about what is this? <clears throat> what is this category? And we're talking. We're talking um, brick and mortar, physical experience, going into an environment that, in essence, you capture kind of this escape room experience. So. Maybe describe what it is that uh, you know you guys do, and what are escape room games all about? Yeah, sure. So uh, escape rooms actually, interestingly enough, originated from computer games. Mm-hmm. It started from web-based point-and-click games where you had to escape a certain room that you're locked in by combining items, finding clues, getting out. And in 2009, in Japan, of course. <laughs> they decided to do a switch on it and created the first live-action version where they actually built a physical room where players would need to find physical props, physical clues, um, use their brains against physical puzzles to get out. Uh, Since then, escape rooms have exploded all over the globe uh, in a huge wave um, and spread westward from there. So the U.S. is actually the last country on the world to get escape rooms. Hawaii is the last state in the last country on the map to get them. So they've been big in Hawaii since around 2014, but it's still fairly new here. But as, as he's mentioned, it really is a physical experience where you come with a group of friends, coworkers, family, and try to activate your brain, your communication skills, and escape from some immersive themed environment. So the escape room phenomena, you said, started in, in Asia, but it went around the globe you know, I guess what, westward <laughs> and mm-hmm. and went yep. through Asia and into Europe and then maybe, you know, finally got to the east coast of the US and we're on the other side of that uh you know, that the uh, rotation. So we're the we're the last state uh and, and you've been looking at this since what, um two thousand what when did you start kinda like gaining some interest in maybe having this occur and get established here in Hawaii? Yeah, so I spent most of my adult life in Tel Aviv, Israel. Oh, okay. So uh-huh. I experienced uh, the escape room phenomenon uh, there and in Europe, and I fell in love with it. But after playing several dozens of games, I thought maybe I could do this a little bit better. So as an enthusiast, I started developing my own game, trying to make it more immersive, more engaging, using a little more game theory design to make a better user experience. And then 
while I was doing that, I learned that you kind of need to learn how to build a business around it. So from a lot of Googling and learning and trial and error, slowly kind of worked my way forward, decided to come back to the States and try it here. And one thing led to another. And four years later, Chambers was born. So I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, the actual design and experience of a escape room game. But what what drew you to Hawaii? I mean, you're you're in Tel Aviv. I mean, you, you know, you could have picked any place on the on the continent. I mean, how did you end up in the middle of the Pacific? It was one of those serendipitous uh, entrepreneur stories of one thing leading to another. I connected with three investors who wanted to build a huge escape room facility. Uh, I was initially going to do this in Chicago, mm-hmm. but they wanted a new market because Hawaii was, like I said, the last place where it would have reached and so they shipped me over here we got the project started and the whole thing collapsed in a massive fireball of <laughs> lawsuits and embezzlement and oh, no. all the things that you can imagine for like a entrepreneur nightmare story but out of the ashes of that old project i met my current partner and we built the whole thing again and so the chambers that exist today is chambers 2.0 so the <laughs> one good thing i got from the previous one was it ended up in hawaii well, you know, that could be fodder for another very exciting show, you know, that uh, <laughs> that explosion. But no, but no, we don't want to dwell on some of these uh, mm-hmm. uh, challenges that you face. So can you can you take a minute and describe, you know, what it would be like if and, and I, I'll, I'll let you share where your escape room is. But where, what is it that a, a, a person would do once they walk in? I mean, what is it that uh you can set the stage for anybody interested in, in experiencing an escape room game. Right. So so some people may have already experienced escape rooms. Like I said, they've been here since 2014. And the experience for a typical escape room is you're led into a room, you're given some kind of story, and you have to go around trying to piece together little clues that you find around, open a bunch of locks to try to move from one area of the room to the other, finally making your way out. But the inspiration behind Chambers was really to kind of give that full immersion that I felt a lot of escape rooms lacked. I was very into movies, very into video games, and the real goal was to try to find an experience or create one where players really feel transported to someplace else, that they're not just in a building, in an office. They are underwater or in an ancient Egyptian temple or in outer space. And to do that required bridging a lot of physical brick-and-mortar elements with technology. And that's really kind of the essence of what Chambers offers. So we offer two types of experiences. The first is our live action escape room, our main one being the temple, which is really kind of an Indiana Jones-like experience Mm -hmm. where you come in, have to move into a sand-covered floor, and really work your way through an ancient Egyptian temple with stone-covered walls, hieroglyphics, and work your way through the different chambers of the temple to try to find the pharaoh's golden idol. So a lot of sound effects, light effects, theming, most of our puzzles are automated, so the type of thing where you might place a gem in the eye of a statue and a hidden door opens up. So almost like a cross between a typical escape room and a theme park ride. Mm -hmm. Very immersive, very cinematic. And on the other end, we offer virtual reality escape rooms. This is where you're led into an empty space, all painted black. You put on these virtual reality headsets and these uh, virtual reality backpacks, and all of a sudden that empty 20 by 20 room turns into a space station or an underwater diving site. And you play with your team, fully mobile, walking around, interacting, but in a virtual environment that maps right onto the physical one. 
Well, you know, I was going to ask you what you had described in the example of uh, the the temple and and sort of Indiana Jones sounds like it could be replicated in a in a virtual reality kind of experience. And that's what that's basically what you guys also did. Yeah, and virtual reality is able to do things that physical world cannot. For example, it makes it a little difficult to try to fight a dragon in a physical escape room, but in our virtual world, you can. In the VR games, you can float in zero gravity in low orbit around the Earth. So there's a lot of potential that technology of VR unlocks, especially when it's applied correctly. But at the same time, there's something very tactile about being able to walk into a physical set and pick something up, hold it in your hand, get that um, primal feeling of excitement when the door swings open. So we really kind of want to tap into both of those experiences, both of which are immersive, engaging, and interactive, but maybe cater to different types of audiences. So Chambers Escape Games, where are you physically located? We're located uh, right between uh, downtown and Kaka'ako on Halakawil Street. Okay, okay. And then, uh, and you've been kind of in operation, I, I, I gather... Uh, there was a pandemic that probably affected you for a, a bit there between 2020 and <laughs> 2021 and 2022. What, what did you? What did you? What did you end up doing? I guess during that period of time, not having a good time. I'll tell you, that <laughs> <much>. <laughs> you poor guy. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. We opened the year before COVID happened, so kind of swimming upstream and the type of business that we have is really where you lock people up indoors together, which is not the most COVID friendly. So uh, it was definitely a struggle trying to get through it and then navigating the different tier systems, making sure we were still able to operate when we were allowed to in a way that was safe, in a way that was secure. But it was, uh, it was definitely a rocky road and we are all very happy to have that behind us. And so you're kind of coming out of COVID and is 2023 or your sort of breakout year? Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, good. even twenty twenty, even twenty twenty one, we already started seeing people flooding back, wanting to have these experiences. I think coming off of the isolation of the pandemic, people were looking for different experiences where they can see their friends, interact, and have shared things together. So, in twenty twenty one, we've already been on an upward growth. And we've continued since then. Well, you know, I do want to um, talk a little bit more about the the physical experience, but I also want to kind of get into the the VR uh, development experience. And, you know, I want to kind of understand how you are able to sort of spread your uh, maybe technical chops between the physical experience and then, you know, getting into the the programming and development of VR content. So we'll, we'll kind of hold that thought for a moment. And, of course, uh, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Ron Bronstein, and we're talking about Escape Room Games. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Ron Bronstein He's the founder and co-owner of Chambers Escape Games. And, of course, right before the, the break, you know, we're talking about the sort of combination physical experience as well as sort of the VR experience. Uh, the the fact that the, the physical chamber, sort of Chambers Escape uh, game is is a physical place. And, 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 Ron, you were describing kind of a, 
a temple uh, environment, kind of like an Indiana Jones kind of an, uh, experience. Now, when somebody goes in, do you go in as a single person? You go in as a team of people? I mean, and do you have like a time limit? Like they go in and this is like one team. They got to get through the, you know, the escape room and get out in, I don't know, I don't know, half an hour before the next group comes in. How do you organize the flow into your escape room? Yeah, so escape rooms are fundamentally team-based events. You will succeed or you'll fail as a team. That's part of the nature and the appeal that they are interactive, unlike other types of games, which may be solo or maybe interactive across the Internet to strangers around the world. Here you're really playing with people that you know. So that's part of the appeal of it. Um, And most of the games are around 60 minutes. So you have 60 minutes to get in, try to get out. Uh, The VR games are around 45 just because they're a little more fluid in the way they're structured but mm-hmm. you have that time limit you have to work together you have a game operator who's monitoring remotely or in this case the temple in the room with you who's there to help if you need clues if you need hints any assistance along the way but you have that 60 minutes to make it or break it and it depends on the strength of your team now i would imagine that the physical experience would require uh, quite a bit of space so is that something of a I don't know, limiting factor given Hawaii is so kind of confined in terms of the kind of space you might need. How how have you worked your way around sort of the physical space limitations? So we uh, currently uh, lease the second floor of a building. Uh, most of it is empty. and We've kind of kept it as a way to expand. Uh, mm-hmm. Escape rooms do take up a big footprint, especially the physical ones. Mm-hmm. And the, the temple is actually one of the largest games on island in terms of the space that it has, because one of the goals when I designed it was really to create a multi-faceted experience where you really progress from one chamber to the next, hence the name of the company, to give that sense of variety and level progression that a lot of video games offer. So you're not just stuck in a single room, but really have a lot of different dynamic environments that you can kind of work through throughout the game. So when you um, are, are developing your game and, and expanding your capability into into kind of VR uh, is that is that something that you had to pick up anew, or is that something that you have uh, some expertise in developing, you know, sort of content for the VR experience? So for both sides of Chambers, we work with the very talented partners. Mm-hmm. So for the live action game, I designed all the puzzles, the gameplay, the flow, the story, and we work with some themed fabricators from the mainland who know how to build themed environments to execute and bring it to life. And on the VR side, we partner with a company in Canada uh, founded by two brothers, very talented, very nerdy, who Mm -hmm. really created these phenomenal escape room experiences. And they're our main tech partners. So the development on the technical side of it has really been through them. Is there any particular, uh, you know, hardware that you need for the VR? Is it is it Oculus based? I mean, what what is it that you you would need? if you're now playing the VR escape room? Right. So a lot of VR, um, as you you probably know, it's still an emerging industry. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff out there, and it's getting better and better as years go on, but a lot of virtual reality seeks to mimic reality. You know, they have track pads where you can simulate running or or things that move you back and forth, but to get a real immersive experience, it has to be as fluid and natural as possible. So the equipment we use, Use HTC Vive headsets, pretty mm-hmm. standard, but the, the real magic are the backpacks. 
Uh, we use MSI VR1 backpacks, which are essentially high-performance gaming laptops the players wear on their backs. Mm -hmm. And they run these very high-end graphic environments, and they're able to move in a virtual space that maps one-to-one -one onto the physical one. So if they take two steps to the left, they move two steps to the left in the physical room. Mm -hmm. They move up, move down, 360. And what that does is creates natural fluid movement that creates zero motion sickness, extreme immersion, and a very low barrier to usability. So we can have Kiki to Kapuna play with us. Wow, that's that's great. And and you know, in terms of uh, this sort of industry in Hawaii, uh, you're you're probably one of the you know the the key kind of players. But you, you said you're not the only one, right? I mean, there's there's others here. So what is it? What is the industry opportunity here in Hawaii? Uh, so the industry in Hawaii offers some challenges and opportunities. One of the opportunities is the fact that there aren't that many escape room companies here. Mm -hmm. So that any major U.S. city, you'll see. 20, 30-plus different companies. Uh, here, there are only four when I, we came in. Uh, on the downside, there's not that much awareness. You know, escape rooms have been in Honolulu um, since 2014, and I still would say about 30 to 40% of our players are playing for the first time. So there's a lot of growth and kind of needing to educate the market, but it's happening, and new escape rooms are starting to pop up now. So we've been the top-rated in Hawaii for... Basically, since the first half year we were open, but I'm sure that's going to be challenged and contested soon because <laughs> this industry is one that's growing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, in in terms of uh, the demographic of folks that would uh, participate, I mean, is there a, a particular segment of the community that would be this would be most appealing to? I mean, you said Keiki to Kupuna, but what is the typical customer uh, demographic? The sweet spots are typically 20s and 30s, mm -hmm. ones who are young, looking for entertainment, highly social, but it really appeals to any kind of group dynamic. So whether it's kids' birthday parties or, or team-building events, we have loads of team-building groups that are really just different staffers from accountants to lawyers to firefighters that, to military squads that just want to have a, a bonding group experience. And I think that's one of the benefit is that we've had a very broad appeal to any group dynamic that wants to experience something unique together. Oh, that's that's great. Now, there's another sort of uh, involvement that you have in in sort of a flight simulator, right, which is a little different from escape room games. So tell tell me a little bit about what, what this sort of flight simulator uh, development that you have been, been a part of. Yeah, Birdly. It's our, it's our brand new toy. So I've been keeping my fingers to the pulse of the entertainment industry for several years now just to see what's new, what's exciting. And about a year ago, I discovered something called Birdly. It's a Swiss-made virtual reality wingsuit flight simulator. Oh, okay. Where you really, yeah, you lay down and spread your wings like a bird and put on a virtual reality headset. The entire machine pitches, rolls, turns, banks swoops, moves with you, just like you would if you were actually flying a wingsuit. It even has a fan that simulates the wind in your face. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, and, and it is a three-minute ride that will leave your heart racing for 10 minutes after. Wow, and, and so... the moments I tried it, I knew that we needed to bring this to Hawaii in yeah. some way or another. Well, that sounds good, and, and let me know when that uh, that happens, because I, I, I just might need to you know, let off some steam doing that. Hey, so Ron... Where can people find out more about Chamber Escape Games? 
You can find us on social media. We're Chambers Hawaii on Instagram or visit us at our website, chambershawaii.com. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Ron Bronstein is the founder, co-owner of Chamber Escape Games and a, and a strong advocate for game development here in Hawaii. And I want to thank you, Ron, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Bert. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll learn about the recent Climate Action Day. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And, of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch HBR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. So what? You stay safe. And, of course, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Mars Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next. <laughs>